We move closer and closer to the start of the 2023 NFL Draft. So what kind of movement do we have on the quarterback front? That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. Welcome into the Thursday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schuber back with you here once again on the show. Hope everybody is having a great start to their Thursday. Happy opening day for those of you like myself celebrating the opening of baseball's regular season, their 162-game stretch. I know this is a football podcast, but we celebrate some of the other sports around here uh, when we have the opportunity to do so. So for those of you celebrating that, a happy opening day uh, to you. We discuss mock drafts here on the show today. I know it's been a little bit since we've dived headfirst or dove headfirst into a mock draft. We've got the latest one from Keith Sanchez over at the Draft Network. The quarterbacks, uh, the big focal point of what uh, of the way it lined up for him, four quarterbacks going in the top five. And this felt like an interesting time as the month of March coming to an end. We are entering uh, the final month of the draft process. Uh, the calendar is going to turn to April, and we'll just be counting down the days until the start of the first round of the 2023 NFL Draft. And I think the popular consensus right now is that there is no consensus. The Carolina Panthers making their move up to the number one pick so that they could box everybody else out and get the guy that they want as their quarterback with the number one pick. But I think depending on who you hear, and maybe this could be some smoke screens being uh, played by all the teams involved, Carolina included, but you hear that all of the quarterbacks are at play with the number one pick. You hear that the Carolina Panthers would consider trading out of the number one pick if they could, but they wanted to just get in front to be able to control things. We know Houston's going to probably be interested in a quarterback. Indianapolis at four going to be interested in a quarterback. Arizona doesn't appear at this point to have a deal on the table uh, that makes a lot of sense for them to move out of three. So that's another thing to be keeping an eye on. But I think the one thing we could say with some level of certainty is that there is uncertainty right now in this process. I think if you asked anybody, if you asked your friends, you ask anybody on the TD and scouting staff, you ask anybody in the draft community, there can be different arguments made for different quarterbacks to go at the top of the class. You have the C.J. Strouds and the Bryce Youngs of the world who have uh, that elite production at the collegiate level. Then you have guys like the Will uh, the Will Levises and the Anthony Richardsons of the world who maybe don't have the high level of production, the high level of success at the collegiate level, but teams view those guys as more traits guys, more developmental guys more guys if they sit for a year they learn an offense man they've got the higher ceilings because of those traits it can be a debate that can go on for hours debating these four quarterbacks and what teams should do and you got to think that the conversations that you're having amongst friends that we're having inside of our TDN staff meetings every day that we're having here on the show that those meetings are amplified even further those conversations are amplified uh, to an even higher degree inside the front offices of these organizations right you've got new coaching staffs and Carol Carolina and Houston. If they are going to take a quarterback here uh, with a first-round pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, they're going to do so with the top two pick. There's a lot of pressure that comes with that territory because more often than not, if you fail, if that quarterback doesn't succeed, if you as a team don't find success and it's because that quarterback doesn't play well and that you don't put that player in a position to succeed – you don't get another swing. You don't get another shot to take another quarterback. It's very rare that general managers and head coaches get the opportunity uh, to do so. So if you are going to hand in the card very early on, on night one of the 2023 NFL Draft, and it's going to be for a quarterback, you better be damn sure that your team is in a position to do so. You better be damn sure that the guy that you're picking is a guy that you can um, that you can work with, that you can coach up, that you can put in the best position to succeed. So again, Think of the conversations you're having amongst friends. Think of the conversations we have here on the show. They're amplified even more 
among the teams and the decision makers that are going to be put through this process here in just a couple of weeks. So with that being said, we dive into the mock draft from Keith Sanchez, and he has C.J. Stroud going number one overall. Now, as we were recording this show, Anthony Richardson Pro Day happened earlier today, and there's a lot of pieces of information uh, that came from that. Certainly looked like um, uh, Frank Reich uh, enjoyed what he saw there uh, with Anthony Richardson Pro Day. Apparently, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders were one of the first teams to talk to Anthony Richardson after his Pro Day and came away very impressed. So there are these pieces of information. Now, again, how much of that is the smokescreen here? I mean, the Vegas Raiders picking all the way down at seven. You guys know how I feel about that stretch of the draft, that I really feel that those teams are going to sway the direction that this entire draft is going to go with. With Do they dive in headfirst on quarterbacks if quarterbacks fall? Do they go in different positions? I think that is the section of this draft where things can, can there's, there's a fork in the road and things can go one way or another. But Anthony Richardson, Pro Day, appeared to be a success, looked very good, looked apart. But you've got all these teams going to the Pro Days, right? You've got Carolina going to the Pro Days to, of Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, and it you know it appears as though C.J. Stroud has a lot of supporters in that building, right? We, we've seen Josh McCown, what he's talked about before he became the QB coach there in Carolina. And i got to tell you, of these teams, of Carolina, of Houston, of Indy, of, let's say, Seattle, another team uh, that has been selected, i, I got to think you, you like the situation for Carolina. They, they've got a great head coach. They've got a great coaching staff overall. Uh, I think they've invested the right way this offseason. I think that quarterback is going to step into a situation where they can find success pretty early on, and I think you're going to need to be able to do that. So, uh, Keith has them going C.J. Stroud uh, with pick number one, kind of connecting those dots uh, between C.J. and some of the things that have been said by Josh McCown uh, on that coaching staff. And so he says C.J. Stroud's the name that comes up off the board number one. Then at number two, he's got Bryce Young at Houston. And I will continue to say this. You probably are getting sick and tired of me saying this here on the show. I do not think the Houston Texans are in a position to take a quarterback. I do not think they should take a quarterback. But I, And I will say, and I like Bryce Young a lot. Uh, I am concerned about the size. I'm concerned about how much uh, growth he can have uh, at the next level, and I wonder if Houston is the right situation for him. I would still have those concerns if he was in Carolina, but I would like the infrastructure a, li- a lot more. I love the D'Amico Ryan's hire. I love the staff that is being put together there, but the roster, they are two years away from being two years away, and so it, it just feels like this would be any quarterback that they take in the spot, whether it's Bryce, whether it's CJ, whether it's Will, whether it's Anthony, whether it's Hendon Hooker. I mean, it doesn't matter what quarterback they take. If they take a quarterback at number two, I do not think they are doing that quarterback a great service. I think they are doing that quarterback a a disservice. D'Amico Ryans is going to step in there. He's going to try to change the culture uh, of that team, and I think he's making large steps uh, to go in that direction, and I do think they are trending uh, on a good path. They made a good hire, like some of the moves they've made in free agency so far, but again, I just don't think quarterback is the right way to go. I can understand understand why Keith uh, you know, put them in the mock because they're more than likely uh, going to do this. Now, no quarterback at number three. We got Will Levis coming off the board at number four, and I'll lump uh, the pick at number five here together as well because I think it's very important. Anthony Richardson going number five to the Seattle Seahawks. Now, uh, Keith wrote this before. This The first round was released before Anthony Richardson Pro Day, but he may have had a, he may have had a crystal ball and was able to look into the future because Anthony Richardson checked a lot of the boxes at his Pro Day, and you might start to see the buzz that had already kind of been trending for Anthony Richardson to get drafted a little bit higher than maybe we all anticipated. And I think the if there is a consensus, is it's that four quarterbacks are going to go in the first round, and the four names are C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson in some order, right? That's the order that Keith has them in. I'm sure other people uh, could have them in different orders. That feels to me to be the trend. Now, Hendon Hooker's getting some buzz. Maybe potentially sneaks in as a late uh, a late guy at, at the end of round one, right? The, the Those late picks, a team might swoop in uh, and draft Hendon Hooker. We'll have to see about that again. Uh, a little older, coming off the ACL, don't know 
what the expectations are of him in 2023. So that would be a pretty big question mark in that regard. But Will Levis at the pick at four to the Colts and Anthony Richardson the pick at number five to the Seattle Seahawks. And I, I, you know, Keith's my guy, and I would say this if Keith was sitting right here on the podcast with me right now. I'm not so sure the Seattle Seahawks are going to want to take a quarterback with this first pick. They have two picks in this draft class for a reason, right? They're going to be picking uh, later on right now, 20th in this draft. They are going to be able to surround Geno Smith, who they just gave a contract extension to. And again, they have not committed super long-term to Geno, but the the short-term they have committed to Geno Smith. And why not continue to build around this roster and continue to build around what they've done the last couple of drafts. I mean, they had uh, a defensive rookie of the year candidate in last year's class that they got in the fifth round in Tariq Wollin. They had a offensive rookie of the year candidate in, in Kenneth Walker. They they've, they they built the same way that they like to build this team um, year in and year out uh, with Pete Carroll at the helm. We got two first-round picks. Let's continue to invest in that direction. We've got Geno Smith for probably at least the next two seasons. I know it's tough to pass on a, on a guy of the skills of Anthony Richardson. And again, Anthony in a situation where maybe he could sit for a year year and a half and learn and develop under Geno Smith and develop under this coaching staff and not be uh, not have the pressure applied to him uh, to be able to start you could understand why that's a positive I just don't know if we live in a world right now in the National Football League where if you take a quarterback inside the top 10 if you take a quarterback in the first round that at the first sign of the starter looking bad that the fan base doesn't want to immediately turn to the guy that you invested a first round pick into I just don't know if we live in that world anymore Seattle could potentially try it because they gave Geno a lot of money but I'm not so sure that at the first maybe two or three game stretch where Geno doesn't play particularly well if those calls for Anthony Richardson don't get very, very loud. That would be the hesitation. Now, that doesn't stop you from passing. Uh, it doesn't. You shouldn't pass on a guy because of that, because if you truly believe Anthony Richardson uh, could be a starter for you right away, then you make the pick. But again, they've got a nice little core that they've built. They they made the extension uh, with Geno Smith. Continue to build around that. Use your first two picks this year. Continue to build. Invest in some other areas that need, that need addressing. Probably want a little bit more help on the defense. Some protection for the offensive line. Maybe probably get another wide receiver for Geno. Continue to build that way. And then maybe next year when you're in year two of the Geno deal. We start to evaluate what it would take to go out and get a quarterback. Maybe that makes more sense for the timeline that Seattle's on. But I can understand. It's a great fit. I think it's a great system for Anthony. I think it's a great environment. I think it's a great situation where he wouldn't be asked to play right away. I think it checks a lot of the boxes that you don't see checked when you mock a quarterback to Houston or when you mock a quarterback to maybe Carolina, right? I think Seattle checks a lot of the boxes in terms of the expectations right away. But again, a top five pick. Man, if I'm going to take a top five pick, I probably want that player to be able to be an immediate impact guy for me. And I don't know if Anthony Richardson, one, could be that for for Seattle, or two, if they would want him to be that, considering what they did uh, with Geno Smith. And so that, to me, is probably the biggest takeaway here. Now, I'm scrolling through uh, the rest of this mock draft from Keith Sanchez, because I want to see if he did it, because the second round was just uh, added yesterday, and I hadn't gotten a chance to completely cycle through it, but I wanted to see if he snuck in uh, Hendon Hooker into the second round of his mock draft uh, to add a fifth quarterback in the first two rounds, and I'm scrolling a lot here, and he, d- he didn't do it, so Keith continues to go down the, the rabbit hole, and I don't know if I necessarily disagree with him, uh, four quarterbacks uh, going within the first two rounds, four quarterbacks going in the first round, and he made the decision, no Hendon Hooker, and again, it's a tough evaluation, guy's going to be 26, 27 years old, has an ACL injury, has really got to just one year of production in an offense that doesn't really translate well to the NFL level. There's a lot of question marks there. And so with those question marks, are you going to invest a, a top 64 pick in that in, in a player like that? 
you know, there's going to there might there probably will be a team that will do it, and I wouldn't be surprised if a team that has a pretty comfy quarterback situation right now, but wants to put themselves in a good position long term, uh, doesn't ultimately do that, and so that's going to be a thing to keep an eye on here. But this quarterback thing, if there's one thing that you can take away from today's show, uh, is that you know, for me, I'm not sold on which direction is going to go. I, I think I said after Carolina traded for the number one pick that I thought these C.J. Straub would be the pick at number one. That's where I'm leaning right now. So I agree with Keith in that regard, but. You could convince me. You could catch me in a moment and say, no, nah, I, I think uh, Will's going to be the pick at number one. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I, I I, can see that. And so that is the best part of this. In years past, it's kind of been known who the number one pick is. It, it's been known who the number one quarterback is. I can think back to the 2021 draft where Trevor Lawrence went to the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was pretty clear who was ever picking number one was going to take Trevor Lawrence. So the moment the season ended, we knew the Jags were, were picking number one. It was just easy to slot Trevor in there. Then it created the chaos after that. But it's a lot more fun when the number one pick is up in the air. And right now, uh, it certainly feels as though that is the case. I uh, appreciate you making this show a part of your day. Rating, reviewing, subscribing. I'm going to continue to announce it all week long. The video version of this show are going live on YouTube. 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Monday. The Draft Network YouTube page. Uh, I'm going to hang out with everybody. You're going to see the pre-show. You're going to see kind of the production of the show. Uh, we'll hang out and it's going to be very interactive. You guys are going to be able to be a part of the show. Uh, so the show's going to maybe sound a little different to, to the, just the podcast only listeners here in the feed, but you're still going to get the show dropped uh, into your podcast feed on a daily basis. So nothing's changing in that regard. Just going to be a little bit more interactive where you guys can respond in real time, uh, like a sports talk radio show a little bit. It's kind of the feel that we're going for. So you'll be able to react in real time to the things that I'm saying and uh, probably have some good banter. So it should be a lot of fun. Very excited uh, to debut that. It's got a pretty cool look for it as well. So excited to bring that all to you on Monday. So again, appreciate you making this show a part of your day, rating, reviewing, subscribing, joining us here on the journey. I hope everybody has makes it a great rest of their Thursday. I will talk to you all tomorrow.